0: Welcome to the Heroic Soul Podcast. I am your host, Camille Joyce, founder of the Heroic Soul. I believe that when we are willing to commit to ourselves and discover the deepest part of who we are, we can become our own hero. As we do this, we then have the ability to love ourselves and extend that love to our neighbors, ultimately creating a better world excited to share more with you and hope you enjoy today's message. You have
1: to believe in your own ability to then own it, have it, create it, or get it done.
0: This interview with Alicia Lee was originally aired on my show in November of 2019, and I couldn't be more excited to share our conversation with you today. Alicia is a business marketing and strategy coach, empowering women to start up and scale up their online presence. She is one of the most beautiful souls I have come across in my life, and I really hope you will find value in and the depth of what she will share with you in this episode. Hey, Alicia! Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I'm super excited for your insights and your perspectives, in particular on ownership and ownership being power. I'm excited for our listeners to see how that ties in with business and just living the life they deserve to live. I am so excited to be here. I am always grateful
1: to be on a podcast. And this one is especially true to what I believe in. So I'm very excited.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. It, it is an honor, as I've mentioned to you before, I truly feel that way. So I want to go ahead and dive in to this. Can you tell us a little more about your journey? What has led you to doing the work you do today?
1: Yeah. So I will tell you, I really circumvented the overwhelming theme that is now my business, which is called She's Doing Big Things. And that is where I empower women to take the next big step in business while creating and confidently aligning strategy to work less and make more. I'll tell you it's a really big step for a lot of women and it is an honor to serve and accomplish that. However, (laughs) my life and my personal being didn't always exemplify this work. I've literally always been a go-getter and a hustler since day one from national championship trophies to winning pro cards in two categories, which is unheard of, and getting four degrees to top sales accolades to running six-figure businesses, hitting network marketing strides. I've always done the big thing that I set out to do and that I envisioned, but it often did not come from a place of love. It came from a place of hustle and having to prove myself Instead of how-to and heart-centered, it was hustle, hustle. I was usually pushed by the expectation of, of others, mm-hmm. and I was usually led by the passion and the ability to make it happen. However, the expectations always trumped. I built businesses in literally complete lack mindset, and I strived because I needed it. Not always because I was totally in love with the mission. And though I think you really can build businesses from that place at some point, when you arrive at the destination, you'll literally look up and you won't feel as good being there because you didn't enjoy the view or along the way, right? Like you didn't take account of the journey. Mm. And this is exactly what happened to me. I looked up one day and I realized that I was living a life that I didn't choose. I... I was living for the expectations that were chose for me, the social constraints that I allowed in, the insecurities that I held way too close, and I literally was letting myself be victim to circumstance and to what I felt like everybody else wanted of me because I wasn't empowering myself to be the human that I was meant to be. So I looked around at all the stuff I had bought and the job I had and the people I was choosing to date and the way I was carrying myself. And I realized I didn't like any of it. I actually hated all of it. So I hit rock bottom. I found myself a big puddly mess, um, like suffocating sobs. And I went to the internet and the first thing that I did was I hired a coach. It was a girl I had been following for a long time. I watched her journey and she her path had literally followed what I felt like mine was following and her story was a lot like mine. So we did a lot of work on integrity and boundaries and really taking massive ownership of the life I created and the decisions I was making to create it. I think only then when I decided to change my thoughts about me and about the control I had over my life, only then did a shift really happen and empowerment started to creep in and ownership started to take place of everything else. It wasn't overnight, but it happened little by little. And that's basically how I ended up here as a coach. Now I get to take my journey and I get to pull in all of my experiences, and now I get to help others with my past, my story, and all of the things that I have gone big with.
0: Yes, I find that super interesting because what I love is the idea of not even just the idea, but using your experiences to learn from it and take a step back in that self-heroism and choosing to do what you need to do for yourself, but using those experiences that you've had to help other people Um, along the way in their journeys as well. I just, I think that that is really great. So my next question to you is what made you decide then to do really big things in life after? It it almost seems like power can be, um, you can see power in two different ways, right? That the life that was being lived seemed great, but there wasn't a lot of fulfillment and there wasn't that life uh, joy, I guess, that was being brought in by the relationships or the work that it was you were doing, it seemed like later on it felt more fulfilling, it felt more joyful and just more full. Yeah, so
1: what made me wanna do really big things early on was very different than what made me wanna do really big things later on. And I think the the all-encompassing idea is that I am somebody who dives in. Like I go head first, I go all in. Um, and I really like to envelop the big picture and the big thing and the big idea. Like that's how I am. However, what fueled me has changed. And I think that's a big point, you know, a big idea to point out. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is probably not going to be the answer that will help somebody, um, you know, wondering how to go big, but it will, I think, end maybe with an explanation of that. So, just kind of going back into my past and really diving into that, um, I was abandoned a lot as a child. My mom was married three times with a long relationship in there as well, so it felt like four, and my dad was also married three times with another long relationship, so it also felt like four. So if you think that through as a child, like that's a lot of lost ex-family members, ex-role models And not the good kind of role models, (laughs) and a lot of ex lives, right? To, you know, to relive and reposition and lose. And so every time I felt like I was losing a little bit of myself. And I realize now that my striving back originally before coaching was a form of control and a form of proving myself worthy to keep people around. So then you add in the abuse. And it becomes a six layer cake of like shame and guilt and low self-worth and lack of boundaries and abandonment issues and massive security and top it off with some self-loathing. I don't mean like just, you know, the security as in like, I hate my nose and my 411 stature. I mean, like insecurity, which means like lack of resources, of safety, of belonging, of security Like those are the essentials that every child and every adult should get to feel because when you take away those really basic needs, you put a person into flat out survival mode. Like you are fighting to live and fit and belong and connect and just flat out survive. So I think that that's where my original need and desire to do big things came from. Um, I think it was in the need that the desire actually stemmed. It wasn't the other way around, which is how it should be. So I don't want to play victim to my past ever because it happened and it fueled me and it made me the person that I am. So I do give credit to this and to the amazing things that I've been able to do in my life and what I've successfully built for myself. And I also credit it for the reasoning behind it, which led to the actual relatability to it, right? Because there are a lot of women out there who've been... Um, abused or who have been abandoned or who have a similar story to mine. And so my story makes me relatable. So I felt like an outsider staring at my own life with amazement and wondering at times who did that, right? Mm -hmm. Because often when I was looking at my accomplishments, it created that imposter syndrome syndrome, because I was thinking like, Surely it wasn't me, you know, like that, that girl looking at herself in the mirror who really hated herself. And yet somehow I was still accomplishing things. Hmm. There was a, there was a huge disconnect. So fast forward (laughs) there, I swear it does have a good ending.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It all comes together.
1: Right. So if you fast forward through coaching and a lot of inner work and work that I still do, like it doesn't just end, you know, I still do it with my coaches and I now know my amazing strengths. I now know what I'm capable of. Um, I now get to do the amazing work and live an amazing life based on my true passions, my inner needs, um, my fulfillment that I didn't get to experience until I had stripped down the layers and rebuilt the human that I got to take ownership of, and that's the amazing creature that I was made to be. And this story is just a part of that.
0: Yeah, right. And it is part of your process. And I guess I want to touch a little bit more on that power because I believe when we hear that word power can have different connotations or or different meanings to people. But I remember hearing a story of a guy once who saw all of these um, uh, successes in life of whatever they would be, like big car, big fancy house, uh, all of these things. And he realized that he was just trying to, um, uh, I guess, meet his father's expectations. And so it sounds like people can go through times, and from your story and your journey, you can go through times where you're driven to accomplish these things. But then at one point, you take a step back and you realize, what am I doing this for? Who Who is doing this? And am I really um, being fulfilled in life and, and, uh, really living aligned with who it is that I am. Like you said, the amazing creature that you were made to be. And now you're, you're just living a different life and experiencing life different than before. But I want to focus a little bit more on just empowering women and why focusing on empowering women to start up and scale up. So gosh, I think this is such a great
1: question. And I've been asked this before And I really love – I love to help women scale their business, one – because often what I find is that the lack of scalability that they're currently experiencing comes from a lack of delegation or hiring out in their business, right? Like you can only duplicate you so far. There's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many hours you can um, coach a client. And so if, if you have a goal of going past $100,000 a year, then probably you're going to have to do something a little different than what you've been doing to get the results that got you where you're at. So. I always come to the conclusion that the tight grip that they have, the control over their business, and even in the busy badge of honor that's been created from the same places I have been, are why I'm able to coach them. They come from lack and fear and insecurity and distrust. Mm. So though I'm always helping them scale their business, I find that I'm often helping them create the confidence to take ownership of their business and their decisions and to empower themselves to truly become the CEO they didn't know they needed to be. And a CEO leads, they don't control, right? they manage, they don't micromanage. Mm. And so a lot of what Um, I'm helping them do in scaling is actually seeing the bigger picture and letting go of that sense of control and that need to be busy. Mm. And then on the flip side of that, like very differently, when a woman comes to me who wants to start a business, So usually when they want to start a business, they're coming from a place of overwhelm. Like that's why they're hiring a coach because they're staring at a, you know, computer screen and a Google search, and they're coming back with a giant size task list that has no start and no end. So I always say overwhelm isn't having too much to do. It's not knowing where to start or what to do next. So What I do is I strategize with them. I kind of have like a noble (laughs) brain who uh, I have very, I've grown very strong in boundaries and that enables me to create step-by-step plans, right? Because if you make a plan, you got to stick to it and you have to follow through on it. You can't get veered off and you can't go off into, you know, la-la land it really helps women resolve the stress of starting a business just to have a plan and to empower them to take step one and then step two. And they gain confidence with every step. And so they will eventually hit the point if they are like a lot of my clients where they then have that control issue. So then I'm helping them through the previous of scaling their business and letting going letting go of control and dropping the busy badge and all that. So it's really interesting because a lot of it comes down to empowerment and control and
0: ownership and how they decide to own it. I find that really, really interesting. Do you believe that it is harder for women to see their worth and their potential and their greatness, in particular when it comes to business? Yes. And I don't think that that's like an all encompassing. Yes. I
1: think that's a like generalized. Yes. Right. So for any woman out there, who's like, No, I am woman hear me roar and you are wrong. That's okay. And you are an outlier. And that's beautiful. But I think that women, um, overall, they harbor a certain sense of obligation to fill more roles than men do. And again, that's a generalized statement. There are men out there filling all the roles, and I applaud you. But I think that we still hold on to a piece of the 40s, right, in being the housewife who has dinner ready and kids perfectly dressed Mm. and bathed. And then you add in... The woman to woman comparison mm-hmm. on the perfection of our, of, you know, our mothering skills versus somebody else's mothering skills and how it all looks on social media and the ability the ability to juggle everything outside of that, right? Like we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be the best friend and to hold really solid connections because we're supposed to be the nurturers and we're supposed to be really good lovers and we're supposed to make you know, make time for that and make it a priority and still bring in an income and be a great worker because we have more to prove in the office. And there's just so many things on our plate. It's no wonder why there are plates that are constantly, um, slopping over, you know, we have to shift energies, I think more than men do in this juggling as well. And I don't, Think that we were meant to always live or even have to live in a masculine energy. But I think that we have to shift into that more because we are going to work and we have to get the job done and stand up to the boys and hold our own and keep the comments at bay, all while shifting into feminine energy at home to be sexy and well groomed and, you know, to be all that our husband needs as his opposite. And so that like tug. Creates a level of opposition in our life. Hmm. And I think that, I mean, this may be oppo- like complete opposition to the views of some as I create, like, the picture of a modern woman, and we all want to be, you know, higher up and further along than I think that we are. But to me, we've come so far, but we still have really far to go. Like, we still hold on to that 40s version while striving to be a millennial version. So, It creates a little bit of internal strife and with so many roles to fill in the same hours in the day to fill them, like where does that leave our ability to fill our own cups, to be the cup runneth over for other people? Where I think we are lost is on the priority list and what that means to get back to ourselves and to get back to what we actually need to do. As opposed to what society is expecting us to do, right? And I think that that's often where we
0: lose our potential for greatness—is we get lost in the expectation. Well, and the ownership is a big deal to uh, to all of this. It sounds like is just recognizing what is it can I own with all of the things that are on the plate, mm-hmm. and taking control of those healthy things and letting go of control of the things that we don't really need to be holding on to. And when it comes to women knowing who it is that they are from the inside, which incorporates my work of just that, that, again, self heroism and knowing who, who you are, then you're able to recognize and see, this is what I can focus on. This is what I'm going to own. I'm going to own my story, my past and my experiences. And I'm going to use that and I'm going to let go of control. And, and then it just all kind of balances out rather than the plate tipping over. And then we're spending mm-hmm. also time for ourselves so that we can fill our cup up so that we have ourselves to give to others. And so I'm interested, too, like, what is the greatness? Because I can hear it and see it in you. What is it that greatness is that you see in women that they may not see in, their, in themselves? Ah, oh, this is such a like a passion platform for me.
1: I love to start off my very first call with clients, um, creating the vision of who they are as I see them. And so this is actually something I do pretty regularly. So I'm going to take a deep breath here. (laughs) Um, I see the nurturers and the caregivers and the heart and soul of a household. I see us as the ones that connect and give and mend and still pursue our dreams. I think we are so good at holding space for loves and hugs and still managing to get the job done and step up to the get stuff done plate. We are the multitaskers of the world and the ones who paint heartfelt and emotional pictures that men have far less capacity to create. I think that we are the compassionate and empathetic gender who's able to create a total shift in energy and movement and emotion with the most intimate of conversations and bring men to their knees with the slight of a hand. I think we are the ones who give life. We are mm. the incubators for energy and birth. We are creators at our core. We are powerful beyond belief And literally, we must know that without us, each and every individual, we would not exist. And the world will never shift for the better for the better without us.
0: Yes. And it's important for both genders to see that value in Mm -hmm. each gender. But for women to understand that about themselves and what it is that they bring to the table for men to see that in women for men to see what they bring to the table. And then then it all works together beautifully, um, mm-hmm. but I'm really interested too in does seeing that greatness within oneself have any correlation to that ownership we've been talking about?
1: So sometimes I like to you know revert back to remember how far I've come, and that's really the only reason I try to revert back and. So if you can imagine yourself as a victim in your life, if you've overcome it or if you're currently living it, what is it like to be a victim in your life? Like literally, can you own anything? Meaning, can you really step up and take control if you don't believe that you deserve it? If you don't believe that it was your God-given or universal right to have it? Then why was it given to you as a desire? And let me break down the word desire. D E meaning from and sire meaning from God. And if you believe in another higher power, then insert that. Why would that be given to you if it wasn't meant for you? Oh my gosh, so interesting. I, I like I I love I love uh, breaking down into the purpose that we were given because everything is given to us individually. And like, I don't mean when you yearn for something that you're lusting for something. Like I <laughs> I always like to give this example, you know, another woman's husband is not yours to own. So we're not talking about like lusting for something. I mean that, that innate pull from an outside source that often like doesn't make sense until it's followed and fulfilled, even if it ends up, in, in a lesson or a total win. Either way, if you don't follow it, you know, you're going to regret it. And that is your desire. Hmm. That's the type of yearning and that you have to guide full guide through. You have to follow through. You have to be faithful about it. Doesn't get bestowed on someone who isn't meant for it. So you have to believe in your own ability to then own it have it, create it, or get it done. You are literally the chosen one for the pursuit of it. You are the greatness that creates it. And you're the owner of that destiny. That means you are worth it in itself. You are worthy of it and you are worth it,
0: period. Yes, I love the um, poem, I'm the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. That's what makes me think about that. Yes, that is super, super valuable. And for people to understand that, that inner desire too, I would kind of say that you can feel something inside that you're being pulled towards something to do and you can feel it. You know that there's this greatness in you, know that there's more for you to do in the world, but it's how do you overcome these setbacks or these holdbacks that are not allowing you to reach what you know that you can reach or what it is you want to achieve. So how does this translate into empowerment? So I think that empowerment is actually the embodiment of
1: ownership and confidence. So the two go hand in hand and yet they're separate, right? So in order to Um, empower yourself, you have to have like a certain level of confidence and confidence often comes from competence, which means that you have to start to do it, to become competent in it, Mm. to then gain confidence about it, right? And then once you feel confident, and then you take the reins of your life, that's empowerment. And I think I like to say that it is, I can and I will because I can and I will. Like, there's no excuse. There's no doubt. It's just you will because you will and you can because you can. Mm -hmm. And it's an undeniable ability simply by being you because you are your superpower and being born because being born and then having this desire means it was placed on you. It's for you. Right. Right. So empowerment needs no proof or, of ownership or proof of ability, but it does stand on the ground of confidence, which means that you take purposeful action toward it. Does right. that
0: make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So the first step, it sounds like understanding, number one, you already have it. Mm-hmm. Everybody already has the ability or this greatness, and it's just taking that ownership and building that confidence and practice it, it's not going to happen right away. And being patient with yourself, continuing to practice, and then the confidence is built, then the empowerment. So I want to go into now, if if ownership equals empowerment, how is ownership also equal to responsibility? Mm. So... I think the vision
1: that you're given for your life and your future is always very specific to you, right? So that means that it's a gift that's been given only to you. And if it's given only to you, then why would the universe deliver it without you being capable of it, right? Like the universe doesn't drop a carrot in front of you and tease you when you're hungry. It delivers what you need because you're capable of creating it. So you don't wake up one day and believe that you can make a million dollars when you didn't make 100 this week by accident. You don't wake up and decide to create a business or have a business idea when you've never created a business by accident. There's a piece of you or maybe a part of you that has the skill set and the belief that you can. Otherwise, the thought wouldn't have occurred. Mm. We don't just literally think things that we can't have or do or accomplish like a thought is a tree. So I like to think of, you know, a huge California, whatever those are called, sycamore oak, whatever those big ones are. Yeah. It it has roots, right? It stemmed from somewhere and that somewhere you are the vessel to keep it alive and continue to water it. So that tree is your future business, your future life, your goal, whatever it is. But it came from somewhere and it came from you. So you are the creator of it. You are the maintainer of it. That gets to be your responsibility because it's your right to own that because it was given to you.
0: Yes. And the responsibility for self, I'm just thinking that I can relate that the tree to being oneself. You know, we mm-hmm. have ourselves and then it is our responsibility to nurture ourselves so that we can grow into this big, beautiful creation that we were meant to be like what you said that you've realized for yourself in your journey. Yes, absolutely. I want to go a little bit on the responsibility because uh, I focus a lot on individuals who have been emotionally abused. And I, I've noticed that when it comes to the, the ultimate goal for me, as a life coach is to help people get past those contributors that are holding them back and so that they can reach their goals, so that they can build the businesses that they want to build, or maybe go for a a different job position, whatever that may be. But I found responsibility to be a heavy word for some people, especially for those who've been emotionally abused, because it can be a trigger. For example, they may have been gaslighted or blamed or told that they're a problem, which is, in essence, in other words, responsible for something, right? Somebody's blaming them, it's your fault for this how can this be lifted how can their perception of responsibility be changed so that so that people can know that responsibility is a positive tool that they can use to move themselves forward rather than seeing it as a negative tool or a Mm -hmm. negative thing this is so interesting
1: because i've never really thought of it like that um you know, that the the phrase you're responsible for X, Y, Z and why that creates such a trigger around the word responsibility, because as somebody who who is, you know, abused myself, I don't love the world, the word responsibility. Like it actually elicits a negative reaction in me because I think it creates a gap between where I am and where I think I'm supposed to be and how I'm expected to show up and perform. Mm mm-hmm. And so it brings back those kind of expectations and that, you know, busy badge mentality, like I have to do more in order to please X, Y, Z or person so and so. So whenever I hear the word responsibility, I think that it would be good to mentally tether it to empowerment. Like I get to show up and do the thing and I get to empower my abilities and my strengths to create it or do it. I don't have to do it, which is where I think responsibility gets a negative rap. Like it's your responsibility to take out the trash. We well, don't have to do it. You get to do it. And why do you get to do it? Because it would make somebody else happy. It would be a checked off item on your list. It would make the house not smell, right? Like there's a lot of reasons, but you get to do it. And I think that's where responsibility can often lead to a negative emotion. I think it's in the control of it. Responsibility is within your control, but empowerment feels like an immediate ownership of the control that I often felt like wasn't mine, and I'm sure other people feel like what isn't theirs to own. If if the word triggers you, find a tethering word that feels better and more empowering until you're able to grow into and kind of make friends with the word that does trigger you. So responsibility doesn't necessarily feel bad to me now because it feels like empowerment. And to me, that's a positive word. Even though responsibility responsibility
0: is still not my favorite word, it at least feels better because I've made it mean something else. I think that's really going to be helpful for people to understand that responsibility is when it comes to helping yourself and being more aligned with oneself um, and fulfilling the dreams and... Whatever it is that you have for yourself, that desire that you have to reach something bigger, uh, the responsibility is intended to help you do that. So how does understanding that ownership is power help people break free and reclaim their life or own their life and business? So as a child
1: who literally was and also felt dragged into and through situations that were never within my control I I think I became an adult whose sole purpose in life then was to create a safe space and to regain control of every aspect of my life and I'm sure that this is probably a common thread with people who have been um abandoned or abused or molested or any of the above where they feel like they didn't have control and now they're trying to replace their lack of control with something else. So what I realized through coaching and being coached was that there was actually, there is no such thing as control and control is actually a box that we build around us to keep the demons out, right? Like the baddies out. We overeat to distract ourselves from the anxiety, and we create a different emotion of guilt, but that's an emotion that we're more familiar with, and we can understand more. Because there's a lot of guilt surrounding abuse and molestation and um, you know the, everything that accompanies that. So we overwork, or me, I've overworked, so that I could feel a sense of accomplishment, even though it stresses me out all day. It's an emotion that feels more familiar or has felt more familiar because that's what I felt in childhood in order to be good or not get reprimanded. It was be perfect, do the right thing, Mm. do more, do extra. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we often focus our, um, oh, this is another one. So people who focus a lot on their outward appearance, yeah. Because you think you can control the outside, the inside will resolve itself, and you don't have to face the negative emotions, right? So there's that box again. Mm. You're just locking the demons out. And I think we create these feelings that we're more comfortable with to avoid the ones that don't feel as good, even if we're creating just a new negative emotion. So by doing that, we're constantly disempowering ourselves with emotional band-aids, and it becomes like layers of, of bad habits and negative emotions. And so in order to truly take your power back, you get to own the things that happened, the position you're in now, um, the decisions that brought you there. Because when you do that, you decide that it's a part of you that it's just a part of your story. You also own the things going forward and you get to create different ones because when you own the past and you own the present, then you can always own the future. And that right there is where you regain power over your life. It's where you take note of the past and, and give, it, give it a name, give it a resolution. You, you get really resolved in being present And you decide to take more purposeful and positive actions for your future. Because when you decide you can create different thoughts, you will create different actions. And when you decide that you will create a different empowered and powerful life based on what you want, not what you allow,
0: then that's ownership. Again, over
1: your own power.
0: Mm -hmm. which is power in itself, (laughs) to me is how I see it. And I love that you said soul purpose in life, because I will replace the soul with (laughs) S-O-U-L purpose. I believe that desire, that soul purpose we have inside, that's really what we need to become reconnected with. And some of the things that can happen in our lives can disconnect us from that, but that's what it is that I do, you do, and so many people in the world do to try and help people become reconnected with who it is that they are so that they can live the lives they deserve to live and have those businesses that they really want to have and those jobs and just be happy and free in their life. I want to thank you so much for being on my show today. Your insights and perspectives have been really valuable at helping people better understand how ownership is power and how they can overcome and just think about their lives and what they can do to take the next step, letting go of control, if that is what it needs to be, understanding what empowerment is and responsibility, all, all of those pieces to it are going to help people. And I'm, I feel really grateful for you being here today.
1: Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure and joy. And honestly, it really helps me to um, to tell my story. And it's not something I get a chance to do very often. So, you know, it's nice to get it out there. And hopefully it re- is relatable to other women out there may- maybe struggling or who are working through the struggle.
0: Yes, I know it will, will resonate with a lot of people. So can those people who are interested in working with you or hearing your podcast, where can they find your work, subscribe to and listen to your podcast and hire you whatever it is that that they are interested in? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: people can find me on my podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify and Podbean at She's Doing Big Things. And that is S-H-E apostrophe S. So She's Doing Big Things. It is a Podcast for women who are looking to go bigger, make bank, and live freer. I love to empower women to take control of their mindset while creating action steps to have the business they desire, to create the income and freedom they deserve. Step up and own that. So they can also find me on Instagram at Coach underscore alicia lee and that's l-e-i-g-h or she's doing
0: big things on instagram as well that is great alicia thank you again so much for the gift of your time and for being on my podcast today thank you for sharing your story and your journey your insights and perspectives and for empowering women in the world and for the work that you do
1: absolutely thank you so much camille
0: For more information about client openings, my products, and services, you can visit theheroicsoul.com. Now is the time for you to break free and reclaim your life to becoming your own hero and living the life God has entrusted you to live.